To God be the glory for the great things he has done. To our God be all of the glory. What a wonder our God is. How amazing our God is. And when you've decided to make Jesus your choice, sometimes he, he just does something to you. Makes you want to rejoice for a little while. Anybody in this building just feel like giving God glory just for being good? God. Come on and celebrate our God today. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks be to God for this experience of worship, for the privilege that we have to gather together and to share worship of our God in this place called Alfred Street Baptist Church. To the eminent and esteemed pastor of this church, my friend and beloved brother, whom we honor and celebrate, especially this weekend, for the great work that God does through him in this place, will you help me celebrate your pastor, my brother, Dr. Howard John Wesley. place, Dr. Gunn, and to all of the preachers of the gospel, God bless you. To the diaconate who give leadership and service to this place, and all those who with them likewise give service in this house, it's just good to be here. This is a good experience of worship. Um, we were growing up, they used to sing a song, said, I'm glad to be in the service one more time. He didn't have to let me live, but I'm glad to be in the service one more time. This is a good service to be in today, and I'm glad to be in service one more time. To this magnificent, majestic music ministry that has blessed us and ushered us into the presence of God on the wings of song, God bless you. They have worked hard since last night, and I thank God for them and all these four services in which they have sung. Uh, and I looked back last night and realized it's just seven of them doing all that work. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's something else. That's something else. When seven people did all that, all 700 of us, it's, it's, it's just something. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor told you I was a musician in a former life, and um, whenever the musicians get happy, you just let them go. Just let them have their way, because that don't always happen. So I just stood over there and let the musicians be as happy as they wanted to be in the service of the Lord. God bless you. Uh, when we were growing up, the musicians would wait until this moment right here, right now, and they'd all walk out. They ain't care nothing about church, but these musicians are still there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sister Gary. Now, if they were planning to leave, they can't go nowhere now. It's just, they are stuck right there. <laughs> now, Gary said, you better stay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for all that you have shared uh, with us today. Uh, Pastor, I do wish you a great uh, and happy anniversary. I'm excited about this, this privilege. But I heard you say something now. Uh, every year, uh, Wheeler Avenue Church, who loves your pastor, uh, brings a gift to the pastor. And I told the, the previous service that I left the gift in my hotel room. And uh, I apologize for that. But then I heard your pastor say, you don't have to bring gifts to the pastor. <laughs> Give it, give to the needy. 
and since I'm needy and he doesn't, he doesn't need anything, I'm just going to keep it. It's good. It's cool. It was providential that I left it in the room because you just said you didn't want it and I heard it and all of us heard it together. So it's on tape, Reverend. It's on tape. It's all around the world. So it's all good. Thank you. I appreciate your kindness. Thank you so much. You're a real friend. You're a brother, man. You're a brother. And I thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Delighted to have some members of the Wheeler Avenue Church here with us. Uh, other, some have relocated to this area and are, are, uh, are, are I can't say members. It just hurts my heart to say they're members here now. But they are a, an extension of Wheeler Avenue here in Alfred Street. And so we thank God for them. I have one of our deacons here, vice chair of our deacons, our deacon Michael Helm. Two of our preachers are here on the front row. I'm glad uh, these friends have come to be with us today, all of whom want to wish you a very happy Happy anniversary. Amen. Come on, let's get to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, I invite your attention to the New Testament Gospel as recorded by the writer Luke. The New Testament Gospel as recorded by the writer Luke at chapter 17. The New Testament Gospel as recorded by the writer Luke at chapter 17. And we begin our reading today at verse 5. The New Testament Gospel as recorded by the writer Luke at chapter 17, beginning with verse 5. If you have that passage of Scripture, say Amen. Those who do not have your Bibles with you, the words are on the screen. And this is what the word of the Lord says from the New International Version. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. That's enough. Amen. Praise God for his holy word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Took you long enough to stand and it took me to read it, didn't it? Amen. <laughs> The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. That's exactly what I want to talk about this, this day. Increase our faith. Pastor Wesley, I am convinced that every one of us who occupies space at the Alfred Street Church on this Sunday need to make the same request of the Lord that the apostles made that day. Lord, increase our faith. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved, doesn't matter how spiritual you profess to be, all of us who are in this place on this Sunday need to ask the Lord to increase our faith. No matter your church position or your church tradition, all of us need the Lord to increase our faith. I know you're spiritual. I know that you love the Lord with your whole heart. But all of us need to make the request of the Lord, please increase our faith. It is true, according to the scriptures, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so every one of us who has pressed our way into the Lord's house on this Sunday has come to hear a word from God that would increase our faith and help us to have a better week next week than we had last week. All of us want to be better Christians in the days to come than we have been in days gone by. And to do that, we need to ask the Lord to increase our faith. Let's be clear. I know that you know many verses of the scriptures. I know you've been reading the Bible a long time, but you still <laughs> need the Lord to increase your faith. I know you've been sitting in the same seat for the last 12 years. You are occupying your space in the sanctuary. But all of us 
need the Lord to increase our faith. We're like that father who brought his beloved son to the Lord Jesus that day. That son who had had spouts of schizophrenia and he was foaming and rolling because a demon had possessed him. And the Bible says that that brother brought his son to the disciples who could do nothing for that son. And then the father brought him to Jesus and said, I need you to fix my child. The man was asked by Jesus, do you believe I can do it. And the father said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief because all of us need the Lord in some area of our lives to increase our faith. We all have levels of faith in this room. We have great faith for one thing or another, but there are other areas in our lives where we need the Lord to build us up so we can trust him for everything and doubt him for nothing. We all need the Lord to increase our faith. I grew up at Emmanuel Baptist Church, 8301 South Damon Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60620, where the Reverend Dr. L.K. Curry was my pastor on the south side. And when I grew up on the south side of Chicago at Emmanuel, Dr. Garrett, we used to sing four hymns in worship every Sunday. Four hymns every Sunday. We sang the introit hymn, the congregational hymn, the sermon hymn, and the invitational hymn, all four verses. Pastor Curry said, yes, we're going to sing all four verses. If the writer didn't want you to sing them all, the writer wouldn't have written them all. We sang all four verses, and we would sing them every single week. And I enjoyed one particular hymn with a little something like this. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Here's the refrain. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him or and or Jesus Jesus precious Jesus here it is oh for grace to trust him more every one of us in the church this day needs the Lord to increase our faith all of us need to have greater faith in the Lord so we can trust God for everything and doubt God for absolutely nothing and that's what it seems to be happening in the text today as these disciples are making their way with the Lord Jesus in exile toward the holy city of Jerusalem. It is now nearing the life, the end of the life of the Lord Jesus. And so they're making their way to the holy city of Jerusalem because it's Passover time. It's the last Passover the Lord is going to celebrate with his disciples because at the end of the Passover season on that Friday, he's going to give his life as a ransom for many. He's going to die in our place so that we might have life everlasting. Jesus is making his way to the holy city city of Jerusalem and while they're going Jesus has to impart some knowledge into these fellows who are going to continue the ministry that he has begun they're making their way to Jerusalem don't miss it and while they're walking Jesus decides that they need a lesson probably the most difficult lesson of discipleship he gives them a lesson on forgiveness yes he gives them a lesson on forgiveness when chapter 17 opens, Jesus begins to talk to these disciples and he says, listen here fellas, if someone offends you, if they sin against you seven times in one day, your responsibility when they ask for forgiveness is to forgive them. 
Yeah, woo, that's what I said. He said, listen, even if they sin against you seven times in one day and they ask for forgiveness each of those seven times, your job is to forgive them. Now, I hear you. Somebody saying, come on, Jesus, that's a mighty tall order you're asking for right there. I could understand if you said seven times in a lifetime. I could get it maybe if you said seven times in a year, but seven times in one day, that's verse four, seven times in one day and verse 5 says the apostle said to the Lord increase our faith yeah if we're gonna do that we're gonna need you to increase our faith if we're gonna be able to do that we're gonna need you to help us out in some of our weak places is there anybody in here who knows exactly what I'm talking about today you're just like those disciples we need the Lord to increase our faith because there are some areas of discipleship that are a bit more difficult than others when he says love your enemies increase our faith when we say when he says pray for those who despitefully use you increase our faith when he says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse increase our faith some of us need the Lord to increase our faith that's what these disciples have asked of the Lord Jesus and between chapters 17 and 18 the Lord gives to these disciples three lessons that I choose to share for your your edified to be edified today so that you might understand Understand how the Lord seeks to increase our faith. Watch the text, church family. While they're walking, headed toward Jerusalem, when Jesus is going to give his life as a ransom for many, before they get there, Jesus is encountered by ten men who are lepers. He, are, he finds out that these brothers are lepers. They have a horrific skin disease manifested by white patches all over their bodies. Their bodies are now emaciated. They are bent over their energy has been drained because this disease zaps you of all of your life's energy. These brothers are in a bad space right now. As a matter of fact, they are called ceremonially unclean. They're not supposed to be in the populace of the community. They are to be ostracized, marginalized. These brothers have been considered the pariah of society. They're not supposed to be around, but when they heard that that man Jesus was passing by, your Bible says they lifted up their low voices and they said Jesus son of David have mercy on us that's what they asked they asked the Lord for mercy and I like this my brothers and sisters because what we see is a faith in these brothers that should not be diminished these brothers have faith despite the severity of their predicament that's point number one that you and I have to have faith despite the severity of our predicament did I mention they are lepers they are brothers who have a debilitating skin disease and as a consequence they are not supposed to be around everybody else apparently their circumstance has not gotten to the point where they have to be completely marginalized and ostracized and so when they see Jesus passing by you remember what they said Jesus son of David have mercy on us evidently they've been hearing what the Lord is able to do evidently somebody told them he's a miracle worker evidently somebody told him he's a healer he's a doctor that never lost a patient and now these brothers lift up their collective ten voices and say Jesus have mercy take pity on us and your Bible says that Jesus said to them go show yourselves to the priest hold up wait a minute flag on the place something is not quite right right here because it seems that Jesus would have done one of those spectacular stupendous miracles that he had been doing for the 
past three years. Hold on, Jesus. Surely you could have done something more phenomenal than just tell us to go show ourselves to the priest. Where's the lightning? Where's the thunder? Where's all the rumbling? Come on, do something magnificent, Jesus. Do it, do it, do it, Jesus. Come on. Go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. Go. You're able to do something about our situation. I thought for sure you would have at least told us, go wash in the pool of Siloam. I thought for sure you'd have laid your hands on us and said, be thou clean. But Jesus does none of that. He says, go show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says they start walking. Now, some of you are wondering, why didn't Jesus do it? Why didn't Jesus do something amazing? Why didn't Jesus do something phenomenal? And I came to tell you that every now and then, the Lord Jesus will challenge us to see if we can walk on a word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every now and then, my friends, the Lord will check our faith in him to see if all this churching we do has really taken hold of us. And he wants to know, can we walk on a word with no sign, with no lights, with no visible manifestation? I want to know, can you take me at my word and believe that even if you don't see it now, at some point I'm able to do exactly what needs to be done in your life? Anybody in here know that we walk by faith and not by sight? Go show yourselves to the priest. And watch this, Pastor. While they're walking, something starts shifting. While they're walking, something begins to mod be modified in their bodies. While they're walking, their strength is coming back. While they're walking, <clears throat> they're clearing up their throat. Let me clear my throat. While they're walking, they feel a difference in their bodies. And when they experience that, one of the brothers who is a Samaritan, he says, hold up, wait a minute. If this is happening in my body, I need to go back to that man named Jesus because he just did something for me that I couldn't have done for myself and the Bible says he went back fell at the feet of the Lord Jesus and said Lord I just want to tell you thank you hmm. oh Oh, you missing your shout cue. The Bible says he came back. He praised God with a loud voice, fell at the feet of Jesus and told the Lord, thank you. Now, brothers and sisters, I know I'm sitting in a room, I'm in a room filled with people who understand the significance of knowing that all your blessings didn't come just because you smart. All your blessings didn't come just because you well connected in the community. I need two or three people in here who have no shame to their game you have no problem saying if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side I don't know where I would be and would you believe that there are about three four five hundred of us in here who have no problem opening up our mouths right now and telling the Lord thank you for being so good to me can I find some grateful people in this room who don't have to wait till November to tell the Lord thank you Fell at the feet of the Lord Jesus, praised the Lord with a loud voice, told Jesus, thank you for blessing me. I had a severe predicament. My circumstance was dire. I was an outcast, but despite my situation, you still gave me a miracle that nobody else could have provided. Woo. 
Oh, child of God, I wish you'd look back over your life and begin to testify. It was not the education. It was not just the connection. It was the creator who worked things out for my good. Got to tell him thank you. Watch what happens. Jesus said, did not cleanse ten? Where are the other nine? Why are you a Samaritan, a double outcast? The only one who came to tell me thank you. And I can hear that brother saying, Mr. Jesus, I can't answer that. As a matter of fact, that ain't none of my business. All I know is if it hadn't been for you working a miracle in my life, I wouldn't be able to have what I have and do what I do right now. And I need two or three people in here who can testify. Every now and then, I have to disassociate myself from other folk who don't want to say thank you, from other ungrateful people. I can't be bothered with why they didn't shout hallelujah. I got a hallelujah in my mouth. I can't be bothered with why they ain't praising God. It's all about me giving God glory for what he's been doing in my life. Somebody in here ought to forget about everybody else on your road. And if God's been good to you take about 13 seconds and let the redeemed of the Lord say so you got six seconds left you got six seconds left I submit this afternoon, beloved church family, that you and I, in several seasons of our lives, have to have faith despite the severity of our predicament. But let's keep walking with the Lord Jesus. He's headed toward Jerusalem, and I want to walk with him because while they're going, Jesus now begins to give his disciples another experience to help them understand how to be the disciples he wants them to be. When chapter 17 opens, we are introduced, when chapter 18 opens, we are introduced to a story Jesus gives to his disciples, and this is what he says. Men and women ought always pray and not faint. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't lose heart. He says, listen here, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to have a strong and abiding prayer life. He says, I want to make sure you always pray and never give up. Never throw in the towel. Never say, what's the use? I want you to be people of prayer because if your faith is going to be increased, I want you to have faith despite the severity of your predicament, but I also want you to have faith that is displayed in the strength of your persistence. Faith that is displayed in the strength of your persistence, our persistence. He says, listen here, men and women are always praying and not faint and as is his custom he gives a story he says there was a widow woman and this woman had an enemy who would not leave her alone she went to an unjust judge and she asked the unjust judge to give her some relief from her enemy he he wanted her she wanted him to avenge her of her enemy and the Bible says she kept coming to him but he's an unjust judge and your Bible says he doesn't care about God or anybody else. Let me rewind and press play. I want you to catch the picture that Jesus is painting. Here's a woman, a widow woman, and she keeps coming to an unjust judge because she has an adversary from whom she can get no relief. She comes to the unjust judge, but the Bible says that the unjust judge doesn't care about God or anybody else. So he, he acts as if she's not asking for anything. He continues to disregard her. He continues to ignore her, but this woman refuses to give up. She keeps asking 
asking him for the relief that she knows he can provide. Here's the problem. He's an unjust judge. He's got unfair policies, unfair practices, and unfair procedures. He's an unjust judge with unfair policies, unfair practices, unfair procedures. He's an unjust president with unfair practices, policies, and procedures, and he doesn't care about God or anybody else. And Jesus says, don't you give up. Don't, don't you act like you can't get some reprieve. You got some power that your enemy doesn't know you have. This woman kept coming back because she knew that she could get some relief and she would not stop. She had persistence. And Jesus says, just like this woman would not stop, you can't stop praying when you get in those dire circumstances, in those dire situations. I know it's rough. I know it's tough. I know the road gets rough and the going gets tough and the hills are hard to climb. But you started out a long time ago and there ought be no doubt in your mind. Since you decided to make Jesus your choice, you are always pray and never give up he said I want to know can you keep on pressing even when you get frustrated and tired and agitated and aggravated can you keep on praying even when you doesn't seem to be any relief in sight can you keep on believing even when your heart is broken can you keep on pressing even when the tears are rolling down your face can you keep on praying even when you don't know what the outcome is going to be you will always pray and never give up last time i checked your bible god says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. I don't know if you've checked it out lately, but our land is sick right now. And we need some prayer warriors up in Alfred Street who still believe that God can turn this thing around. Is there anybody in here who says even if it's unfair and unjust, I believe that God is able to turn things around. Your Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I didn't tell you when I was going to answer, but I will answer. And somebody in here ought to testify, prayer still works. Okay, that was 15 people. I said, I need somebody in here to testify, prayer still works. All right, that's about 300. I said, I need some testimonies in here that prayer still works. I, I need some believers in this room to testify. If it hadn't been for somebody praying for me, ain't no telling where I'd be right now. If I hadn't had a chance to get a prayer through, ain't no telling what my life would be right now. Somebody ought to testify the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. He said, keep on praying. That's my word to somebody today. I know, I know it's rough right now, but keep on praying. I know you're in a storm right now, but keep on praying. I know there's difficulty on the job right now, but keep on praying. I know the sickness has gotten to be too much for you, but keep on praying. I know the financial strain is wearing you out right now, but keep on praying. I need somebody in here who's a warrior. Come on, I need the warriors from the last service to testify. Prayer changes things. You and I, my brothers and sisters, need faith. 
that is displayed through the strength of our persistence. And the Bible says, even though he was an unjust judge, because she just would not stop, he finally gave her relief over her adversary. And watch this. Jesus says, if an unjust judge would do that, how much more will your heavenly father give relief to those of us who trust him? Anybody in here trust your God? Anybody in here believe he's still a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God? I close the little message when I tell you not only must you have faith, despite the severity of your predicament, not only must you have faith that is displayed through the strength of your perseverance, but may I close the little message when I tell you that you and I have to have faith that is determined to see God's power. Okay, all right, I'm close. I said you and I have to have faith that is determined to see God's power. You notice that word see is a little different than the rest of the words. I said we need to have faith that is determined to see God's power. What are you talking about, preacher? If you jump down to the end of chapter 18, right around verse 35, you'll get introduced to a blind brother. He's a blind beggar. He's sitting by the highway side begging. Did I mention to you that the Lord Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem? He's going to give his life as a ransom for many, but while he's going, there's a little brother who's sitting there and he cannot see. Your Bible says he's blind and because he's blind, he has now been, been left to beg for that which he needs in his life. He's a beggar. He's sitting by the highway side begging. By this time, they've gotten so close to Jerusalem, heading through Jericho, that your Bible says there's a great crowd of brothers and sisters who have now gathered around Jesus. And these many individuals are making their way to Jerusalem. All the devout Jews are headed to celebrate the Passover. Here's a great crowd, as big of a crowd as is at Alfred Street right now now making their way toward the holy city of Jerusalem and before he goes there's a man sitting there heard that Jesus was passing by and when he heard that Jesus was passing by this is what he does he says Jesus son of David have mercy on me don't miss it he can't see and because he can't see he's now sitting and now he shouts out toward Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All he is is a blind beggar. And your Bible says that those who were leading the crowd told him, be quiet. Shut your mouth. Sit down. It don't take all that. I know you've never heard any such thing from the saints. Here are these who are leading the crowd saying, sit down. Close your mouth. It don't take all that. Watch what your Bible says. Your Bible says he got louder. I like him. 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 He's determined to see God's power. Watch what he does. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, brothers and sisters, when you need something from the Lord that nobody else can provide, when you need something from the Lord that your pew partner can't give you, you can't be shamed by those who are sitting around you thinking you're making too much noise. Jumping up and sitting down, jumping up and sitting down. I can't see around you. Look up, boo. That's why we got the screen. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. His brother yells at the top of his lungs because he's determined to see the power of the Lord. He heard that Jesus could do what nobody else can do. And when you've heard about it, every now and then you just want to see what he's able to do. I, 
I need 10 or 12 people in here who want to see him fight your battle. I need somebody here who want to see him pay your bills, see him heal your body, see him heal your mind. Anybody want to see the Lord work some miracles in your life? I'm determined to see it. And the Bible says, Jesus told the people, bring them to me. Hey, the same folk who were trying to shut him up, now got to bring him up to the front of the line. Oh my, oh my. You better be real careful when you bothering with Jesus' children. You better really be real careful when you're bothering a favorite child of God because you never know the same one you trying to keep down will be the very one God makes you lift up. The Bible says he makes my enemies my footstool. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. They brought the man to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what you want? Making all that noise? What you want? Well, okay, that's not in the King James Version. King James Version says, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? But ain't none of us talking like that in this room. What you want? What do you want? Tell me why you're making all this noise. Because there are times when the Lord wants us to verbalize our request. There are times when the Lord wants us to make it known to him. The Bible says, let your request be made known unto God. What do you want? What do you want? All this hollering you're doing in Alpha Street, what do you want? He says, Lord, I want to see. I'm determined to see. I know you got power. I want to see you display your power in my life. Lord, I want to see. Now, if you have the New Revised Standard Version, if you know anything about the Greek New Testament, you know that in this passage, he literally says, Lord, I want to see again. Which means he has seen before. And somewhere along his journey, something happened that robbed him of what he once had. And now he's asking the Lord to restore to him what was taken away. I need two or three people in here who know something about going through some pitfalls and some valleys and some dark, dismal days and you lost what you once had and today you came to church saying, I believe he'll let me see it again. I believe he'll restore it to me. I believe he'll give it back to me. He'll revive. He'll renew. He'll rejuvenate. I need the Lord to let me see again. He's been dealing with all these folk on his way to Jerusalem. Had to deal with the outcast. Had to deal with the overlooked. Now he's dealing with the oppressed. This brother's oppressed and marginalized, sitting at the, be- at the highway side begging. But Jesus says, I want everybody to know that there is nobody beyond my reach. There's nobody that I don't include in the family. There's nobody who should be set apart and set aside in a way that will seem as if they don't matter to me. Bring him to me. You don't care about him, but I do. Bring him to me. You're overlooking him, but I won't. Bring him to me. They're in Puerto Rico suffering. Bring him to me. I'll do something about it. The Bible says that the Lord 
restored his sight. I came to tell somebody at Alpha Street, your God is still a God of restoration. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. But you can't get this many people together in one room and somebody not need something to be restored in their life. And so I'm praying even now that the God of restoration will show you his ability, will show you his power, will show you his authority. Is there anybody in here who still believes he's able? to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. I need 10 or 12 people who still believe that even though eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, it hasn't entered into our hearts that God still has some great things prepared for those who love him. Yes, sir. Lord, I want to see again. He says, receive your sight. Receive your sight. And now, the one who once was able to see can see again. And you know what he does? Read it when you get home. He starts praising God. Because it just makes sense. When the Lord does something for you that you couldn't do for yourself, it just makes sense to praise God. When God opens some doors for you you couldn't open by yourself, it makes sense to praise God. When God closes some doors you didn't need to go through anyway, it just makes sense to praise God. When God puts people in your life to help you along your journey, it makes sense to praise God. When God takes some folk out your life who wasn't helping you in the first place, it makes sense to praise God. And I wonder if I've got anybody in this room today who can look back over the last seven days of your life and find you a nobody but God moment. That nobody but God could have worked that out. And nobody but God could have pulled you through. And nobody but God could have made a way. Is there anybody in church who don't have to go back to 1985? You don't have to go back to 1992. You don't have to go back to 2007. You can just look back over the last few days and begin to testify. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know where I would be. Gotta excuse me, Alfred Street. I done messed around and got happy up here. But every now and then the Lord will show me that he can do what nobody else is able to do. And I gotta celebrate his goodness. I gotta celebrate his greatness. Because he keeps on doing great things for me. Old Saint said every time I turn around, he keeps on making a way for me. Can I find somebody in the building who can testify? God's been so good to you that you can't help but praise him. You can't help but adore him. You may have a thorn in the flesh, but his grace is still sufficient. So go ahead and bless him anyhow. Is there a witness in the building? Sometimes you gotta shout hallelujah anyhow. My heart is broken, but hallelujah anyhow. I'm dealing with rough spaces right now, but hallelujah anyhow. But don't miss what happened while he's praising God. The Bible says that everybody in the crowd started praising God too. You know you're growing up when you can praise God with your brothers and sisters. Stop spectating and start participating. Is there anybody in the building who will just go ahead and praise God because he's worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same.
name the Lord's name is to be praised let the men praise him let the women praise him let the children praise him let everything let everything that have breath praise the Lord I need some witnesses that he's worthy to be praised I need some witnesses he deserves the praise I need some witnesses he delights in our praise but wait a minute you gotta check out the text they're not praising God for what God did for them they're praising God for what God did for him and you know you're growing up in God when all your praise ain't about you but you can praise God for what he's doing in your neighbor's life praise God for what he's doing in your pew partner's life praise God for what he's doing in your pastor's life for the next 10 seconds find you somebody look them square in the face and say this praise is not about me this praise is all about you because God is blessing your life God is keeping you in spite of God brought you to church this morning he's blessing your children he's blessing your spouse he's blessing your mama them somebody ought to praise God for somebody else this hallelujah is for your 11 years this thank you Jesus it's because Alfred Street is a great church this bless the Lord is because you in your right mind after all the hell you caught after all you've been through you still here so let everything let everything that have breath praise the Lord won't he make a way for you won't he open doors for you won't he provide for you shout yeah Increase our faith.